and be a part of last week's sermon. You need to watch that so you can understand this one, but I will give you a small recap real fast. Capernaum, that was kind of the headquarters. That is where Jesus started uh, really just connecting. Uh, he spent a lot of time in that headquarters, and he was doing all kinds of stuff there, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. There was more throughout the Gospels, more miracles occurred in uh, in Capernaum, but the problem was is people still still did not believe that he was the son of God, that these miracles had to have been something else. They couldn't explain it, but they didn't want to believe it. Long story short, he ends up cursing it because they did not want to believe. And he did all this stuff there in this city, kept gathering there, and people kept coming from afar wanting to know who Jesus is, but yet they still did not believe that he was who he was. All that stuff that he did, they, they seriously was, was messed up. And then we got this, this, this paralyzed man and it wasn't the fact that during this whole time <coughs> that the man was paralyzed. You've got to look deeper than that. It wasn't paralyzed. It was that his body was not connecting to his mind. Just because you sit there and not move something doesn't mean you're paralyzed right now in your seat. It's just that your mind hasn't connected to your foot to say, move foot. His mind didn't connect. The body and mind did not connect. So he was paralyzed. And here's the problem. How many times do we allow our heads to not connect to what we're doing? How many broken promises have you, have you done? When you say you're going to do something, don't follow through. You, you, the mind and the body aren't connecting, whether it's with a child, your family, or whatever the case is. We have too many times that we act out and we say something, but there have been broken promises because the mind has not connected to the body to follow through with what you have said to do. People put systems in place for a bed. They put systems in place. They don't want... Uh, to confront what is the, the matter. They want to come. What do they want to do? They don't want to confront it. They want to comfort it. All they want to do is comfort things. So what we do is we make a bed for our situations and our excuses, and we comfort things instead of confronting what is the problem. We make a bed for it. Then we have bedhead. And we know all about bedhead because you wake up a waller, your hair's a mess. But spiritually, there's a lot of people with some bedhead that waller in their excuses and waller in all this stuff and won't get up. People put place and make a bed for it. That is why they have it. Just like I said about the cell phone, this, happened, this has happened to me more than once, where I plug a phone in and I'll leave it and I'll wake up and it's maybe at 2%. It's present, but it's not connected. I can, now i got to scramble all day to try to see if I can get power to something that I should have put power to. And too many times we have people that are present but not connected. Oh, I say something, but I'm not connected. You're present in this room, but are you truly connected to the King of Kings today? Are you present with your spouse, but are you not connected? Are you present with your friends and your friendships and your jobs and not connected? You see so many people say in the present. You see teenagers present, present, call your name, present, but not connected. They're, they're, they're just somewhere else, not connected in the classroom, not connected in school. How many times are we just present and not connected? We just go through the motions. In, in our jobs, you, you want, you, you're praying for a promotion, but you're not connected. You're just present. Why, why is God trying to, why would he bless you with a promotion if you're truly not connected to it and you just get by to do the minimum? You're just present and not connected. And all the things that are in place that don't function are dysfunctional. Everything you have in place that doesn't function is called dysfunctional. It's present, but not connected. You gotta go to that and watch it. It's present, but it's not connected. And I'm telling you, God is trying to do something incredible. It's time, church, to start functioning. Amen? Don't be afraid to shout back. It's time to start functioning. Somebody say function. We got to function. Thank God our vehicles were functioning today. Some better than others. Some worse than others. But we thank God that they're functioning that brought us here today. Everything that you are related to, you are to function in the role you're related. This is your year to function. Amen? 
You don't need any more titles. You don't need any more positions. And you don't need to sign up for something else that you're not going to do. Why say you come? You belong to church if you don't come here. Oh, I go to Remnant Church. I ain't seen you for months. Why say you, you're a part of a church that you're not even attending? We don't we need memberships and stuff like that. And there's people that do that kind of stuff. If you're here, you're here. If you're given, you're here. If you're faithful, you're faithful. Be here. It, it, function. Function in that role. Be here. Why say you're going to help if you're not going to be here? This is your year to function. Somebody say function. Come on, you can preach with me. It's okay. And maybe you're new and you're like, what the heck are you talking about? It's okay. It's okay to talk in church. We can high five drunk people at the game. Let's lift up Jesus here at this game. Come on, he's good. It's time to function. God can't bless you in the area you don't function. Just like Kavaris said, Kavaris, boy, woo, Jesus. I, you know what I love? I love seeing these young adults leading worship, get, getting into God's, talking about what God's doing and giving time. God's up to something, and I'm going to step back and walk, watch it all happen. God's up to something. He's raising people up. But you can't function. You can't even get the blessing if you're not functioning in that role. Man, I need God to bless me. Have you gave? Have you put it towards what your need is? Like he said. Oh, I need a healing. Have you prayed over somebody else that needs a healing? Woo. Never mind. Okay. He can't bless you again in the area you are not functioning in. The Bible says whatever he does shall prosper. That's what it says in Psalms 1-3. Whatever he does shall prosper. You are praying for God to bless you in an area that you're not plugged up in. You can't be present in the house and ask God to bless your marriage. You can't just show up in the house and then you're asking God to bless your marriage, but you're not even connected in the house. You just show up. How can you get God to be in something that you're not into yourself? You've got to plug up. Plug up. The Bible says that we would prosper with what we do. I'm saying that you, you can be physically present and not plugged in. You can be physically present but not plugged in, and that will make you dysfunctional, and that means you're paralyzed. You can be present, not plugged in, and paralyzed. Now, you made a bed for it. Stop making a bed for it. You made a bed for it. Now you got bedhead because your mind's not right. And all those excuses are, 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 and routines are rolling all through, throughout your mind because you made a bed for it, you made an excuse for it, and you, and, and you justify why you're not plugged in or doing this or doing that. God wants you today to get your bed and get up. I don't want to get up. You know what will happen if you don't get up? You won't be healed. You won't go forward. You'll stay in that same position until you choose to get your mind in order and then say, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Until you get yourself in order, you won't get up from the situation. problem is, is too many times we have paralyzed the conviction to do better by having your excuses. You're paralyzing the conviction of God to hold on to your excuses. It's just the bed you lay in. And if that bed is causing you to be paralyzed, I will get rid of that bed. Now, hear me. If you knew for a fact that bed you're laying in has bed bugs, oh, it makes me itch. Would you go ahead and lay back down? Man, this is nice. Don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> why do you say that? Why, why would you say that to me when I sleep when I was a kid, Dad? That's ignorant. <laughs> Don't let the bed bugs bite. Really? Okay, that's great. <laughs> 
But if something was happening in that bed, you know for a fact somebody's flipping the bed. Somebody's like, that bed's going out to the alley. I'm getting a new, I'll sleep on the floor. I'll go sleep on the couch. I'm spraying the whole house. Organ man, you're coming tomorrow. Whatever it took. But too many times we don't even care about the situation and we'll make a bed for it and waller in it and lay in it because it is comforting because that's all I know. If I try anything else, I don't know because I can't control it. The only people who want to get up on their day off, hear me, get up on their day off and come, put on clothes early in the morning and jump in their car. The only ones that want to get up when they have an opportunity to stay in their pajamas or their scuffies or whatever you call those things you wear, raggedy things you take to Walmart in the middle of the night, whatever you got, <laughs> and that you could be resting in the bed, the only kind of people that get up and come on Sunday mornings are people who want to have function in their life, that choose to say, on my day off, I will go to the house of the Lord. That's the people that want to have function. That can say, man, I could be sleeping in. I could be, no, but I got to get up. I got to get up. And you know those, uh, and, and if we took a poll on how many times did you let the alarm go off? You know, some people got like 10 alarms. And it's last minute, like, oh, we got to run. You know, like, whatever it takes, you came. Those are people that want function. They want to have function in their life. You don't come to church just so you can come to church. You come to church so that God can touch that area in your life and bring it back to life again. How many want resurrection in every area of their life? Amen? Come on, it's okay. You, you can shout back, it's fine. How many want it? We want it. I want it. I want to be functional. You ever get sick and tired of stuff not working in your house? You ever have that happen? It's one thing or another, the toaster's broke, or this mixer don't work, or this thing went out, or somebody did something, the cord's broke now, now we can't use this, it's not, it's not working right. Either fix it or throw it away. If you're going to take up space, then function. If my mixer's going to work, then it needs to function. If it's just going to take up space and not work, it's got to go. It's got to go. Somebody say Function. You got to get that in your spirit. You got to function. If not, you'll make a bed for it. If not, when you have the bed, you'll have bed head because your mind's not functioning. It's dysfunctioning into the situation. And you allow it to sit there and sit there and pile up and pile up. Next thing you know, you got hoarders and you got stuff. You think, oh, I'm going to fix that. 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 And the next thing you know, you got spiritual hoarders. Your mind is so consumed with everything you think you can fix. And the reality is you can't until you get up and allow Jesus Christ to fix it for you. Do you know what God would do if you would just function? Do you know what God would do and how he would use you if you would just function? Do you know how God would bless you if you would just function? Do something. Do something, church. Just function. See, we're looking at a man. A man who's tired. Tired of laying in the bed. Like I said last week, I love my bed. But there comes a point when you lay in that bed too long, you, you're going to start feeling that. I don't care how soft, how cozy, I don't care how cozy those blankets are and how great those pillows are. The, the longer you lay, the more uncomfortable you become. You start to get numb. You start to get itchy. You, you just got to get up. You don't even know where you're going, but you just, I got to get out of this bed. You got to get up. This man is tired of laying. He is tired. He is sick and tired of laying. He's tired of not functioning. He's tired of going through the motions and not functioning. He's tired of being present, but not plugged in. He's tired of just being present. He's tired of not being plugged up in his house. Or maybe, maybe if it's plugged up in, in, it, in his house with his wife or whatever the case is, you know how you show up and, and, and you're still not home? 
You know how when you're home but you're not home because it's not home here? That you still are preoccupied and, and mom's been home all day doing everything and you're, you're still wanting her to, oh, did you get my meal ready yet? You're not even present. And, and it could go both ways on anything. You, anybody could just show up. If you're not seriously plugged into each other, it will be dysfunctional. You'll make a separate bed and eventually you'll be separated so much that you just won't even be around each other anymore. Too many relationships are, are torn apart because they make these separate dog beds because they're so mad inside themselves. He's tired of being dysfunctional. You can be there physically, but mentally you're not there. He's tired of not functioning. Another thing that happened in the scripture is he develops a relationship. We, we read the whole scripture. We read it last week. We'll read it again. We've already read it. But he starts to develop a relationship with his friends. And he says to them, get me to Jesus. I, I want to take a few moments and just talk about hooking up with the, the people that are taking you somewhere. I want you to understand something real quick, that he didn't hook up with, with people who sat by the bed. And it, it blows my mind because too many times I see people who hook up with people who comforted them in their crisis but didn't carry them to their deliverance. Hear me, church. They hook up with people who comforted them in all their crisis but didn't carry them to their deliverance. And what I want to tell you about this man is that he did not hook up with paralyzed men. He didn't hook up with paralyzed guys so he would fit in. Are you running with people who are dysfunctional as you are? Let me say that again so it can sink in. Are you running with people who are as dysfunctional as you are just so that you can make dysfunction look normal? We see it all the time. Because if you surround yourself with people who can't walk, then not walking looks normal. And maybe, you may be comfortable, but you have a miracle when you surround yourself with people who can't carry you beyond your present condition. I don't know about you, but I don't want, I don't, I don't have time for it. I don't know, I don't know about you, but personally, I don't have time for it. Maybe because I'm getting older. Maybe that's it, I don't know. But I don't have time to hang around with people that are just shooting the breeze and they're not going anywhere. I ain't got time for it. That's not my, my main consumption. I'll hang and I'll, you know, don't, don't get my words twisted like, oh, he don't like other people. No, we're, who I'm fully committed and dedicated to. I just ain't got time to just be sitting around doing nothing. And nobody's going anywhere. If I can't walk, I want to be around people that can walk. Maybe, maybe because walking might be contagious. So I want to be around it. If I'm broke, I don't want to be cooped up around people that are broke. All of us sitting around wondering if we're going to get something to eat and how it's going to happen. I wonder how we're going to get something to eat. I don't want to be like that. I want to be around somebody that knows what's going on in that area. I want to be around somebody that knows how to make money, knows how to invest money. But too many times you see people in their dysfunction, hanging out with other people in their dysfunction, and ain't nobody changing. And listen, I may be ignorant. I admit it. I'm ignorant. But I'm not going to run around a bunch of ignorant people. So I can sit around in a dysfunctional moment and be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what they're doing, what, what this is, what that means. Uh, I don't even know what's happening. Uh, I, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I'm not going to sit around with other ignorant people. I want to surround myself with somebody that has more wisdom than I do, that has more insight than I do. 
I want to put myself in an environment that is going to be better than my dysfunction. But too many times, everybody's sitting around, we want to do, uh, I don't know, how are we going to get, I don't know. You guys want to, no, we all can't walk. So, uh, you got gas? No, nobody's got money. Uh, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I wonder if somebody else can bail me out again. Oh, well, maybe we call them. Let's call the church five times. <laughs> Please don't get what I'm saying twisted. Because it can get real twisted real fast. I'm just trying to tell you, there is people that do struggle. But in your struggle, you can choose to start in putting yourself in a different environment to get yourself up out of the mess you're in. This man is teaching us to surround ourselves with people who can do what I cannot do. I can't walk, so I need to be around people who can walk. So I can go where I can't go. So I can be what I can't be. I must surround myself with people who are not limited in the same area of my limitations. I need someone who's moving. Too many times, listen, other people would love the people that sit around the bed. Oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, it's going to be, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, I needed that. Oh, praise the Lord, I needed that. There's a time of saying it's going to be okay, but then there's a time of saying, get up, we're walking. Get up. But too many times we like to be comforted in our dysfunction, and we love the attention, even if it's negative attention. There comes a time to get up. Ooh, I can't stay long on that. Man, I need someone who's moving. I need someone who's moving. I need someone who's looking, who's doing something. I'm looking for someone who's, who's got some energy. I'm looking for someone who's got some strength. I'm looking for someone who can take me to the next level. I'm looking for someone who can move me along the way. Is there anybody out there? I don't just need someone laying in the bed beside me keeping me company. I don't need company. I need movement. Look at your neighbor and say, move. You didn't know they're your neighbor, but say, move. And if that's that same neighbor that's keeping you comfort, comfortable, you need to let them know, move. Neighbor, quit making them comfortable. Neighbor, quit enabling them. Oh, I'm just afraid. Oh, I'm... Quit doing it. You're making it worse. And please, I'm already on it, so I'm going to stand up on it already. Parents, quit enabling your children. My goodness. A little dirt don't hurt. Come on. Oh, no, I don't know, I don't know, just in case, uh, wait, you're, you're, you're puking fear. Oh, my gosh. Use wisdom. I don't need it. It's time to move. Don't make a bed for it. Don't get bedhead. Nobody got time for that, and nobody wants to see that. It's time to move. God's doing something new. Your mind can be fixed. Your mind can be new. Don't have bad. Fix your hair. <laughs> Some of me are like, for real, you know. Bedhead messes up that hair. And, and you see it. Welcome to Walmart. I've never seen so much craziness at Walmart in my life. And it's not an Indiana thing or a Terre Haute thing. It's everywhere thing. It's a Walmart thing. <laughs> but it, spiritually, that's what's happening. People are just so lost in their mess. And Jesus is like, listen, I just want to heal you. Do you want it? Because if not, you're going to just keep laying here. If not, you'll just keep laying there. I mean, if you want it, you'll get up. If you don't, you won't get up. And guess what will happen? You'll just keep laying there. See, God said he didn't want us to just worship images. God doesn't, he's not in the business of statues, church. He's not in the business of people worshiping images and idols. God is a moving God. He's a functioning God. He's a God, a, a progressive God. You need to move. 
He is a moving God. This is your season, church, to move. This is your season to move. Come on, church. I rebuke that paralytics spirit in Jesus' name. That frozen spirit. That frozen finances. That frozen creativity. I rebuke that business that's not getting any better. It's going to get better in Jesus' name. You got to move. I rebuke that family that's not coming together. It can come together. Why are you saying rebuke? Because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me. It lives in you. Why not? I got your number. I got you. You got to stand on his truth. And it's, it's, it's enough's enough because now it's a time to say, you know what? I command you in Jesus' name to get up. You got to walk. Now, do you want another bowl of soup? Do you want something else to drink? Get up! Oh, I've just been, oh, I've been going through, oh, I've been going through, oh, I'm just, oh, man, I, maybe it's in my head, oh, I'm overthinking it, oh. Get up and move! Whew. Amen? Come on, somebody clap your hands and praise God for a minute, because I got he's good, church. Act like we can't clap and shout, he's good. Me, Tyree, on the organ, where's your organ, Tyree? Come on. He's working on it. Okay. Listen, I've got to move. i got to move past this place. i got to move past that, that dilemma. I'm moving. I'm moving if it hurts. I'm moving. If it hurts, I'm going to still move it. I'm going to move. If it doesn't hurt, I'm still moving it. And I think it's, it's, it's like this. Arthritis? You're coming with me today because we're going to church. Busted back, busted knee, you're going with me today. We're coming to the house of God. Whether you like it or not, we're moving. Depression, you best get ready. I'm going to the house of the Lord today. You got to get going. You coming with me. You got to get moving. If it hurts, just get moving. Move into it. <laughs> Don't lay in dysfunction. If it's going to be a thing, if your sinuses are jacked, sinuses, you're going to get it in order. I'm telling you, I'm coming to the house or busted, one eye blown up. I don't care. I'm coming. You coming with me today? Oh, I can't because I got this, and I can't because I got this, and I can't. Where's the desperation? Whew. Woo. Come on, you might just need to move something. I don't know what's hurting you today. But you might need to move whatever might be hurting you today. It's got to move today. I'm going to have some movement. And maybe your healing's just in the fact that you're having faith in your movement right now. Head, you're going to have neck. I'm telling you right now, these migraines are going to stop. But until they do, I'm taking you to the house of the Lord today. You're moving. When is it, when's the desperation going to come? And we're just making the movements. I'm not, nope, he's stronger. Nope, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I might be limping today, but I'm moving. I, I'm, I'm moving it. <laughs> Amen? Woo! And I'm telling you, like I said, I, I felt that. You better tell your depression you're going to the house of the Lord today. You better tell your depression, not today, Satan. It ain't happening. I'm moving. Woo! See, you ought to run with somebody who is strong where you're weak. So that you can move. Man. Even. Even if we have to manufacture the movement. Even if we have to manufacture the movement. I'm still in this bed. But I'm moving. I don't have a job yet. But I'm moving. See, he wasn't out of the bed, but the relationship with the four men manufactured the movement for him. Hear me, church. He wasn't moving yet, but the, the four men helped manufacture the movement for him. Who are you running with? Who's your crew? If everybody's dysfunctional, nobody's moving. Oh, but you got to love all, and you got to have grace, and you got to have this. Good, good job, hippies. 
It's true, you do, but I don't have to have my consumption be with people that I'm hanging with every single day in the moment. Watch Jesus, what he did with the 12 disciples and took the three even deeper. I don't have to have my final four. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to love people. I'm going to be in their corner. But the thing is, I got to move. So I got to surround myself with somebody that's going to help lift me up and keep going also. I will help the needy. I will do those things. Choose your friends wisely. Who are you hanging with? Do they push you to get to Jesus or do they keep pushing you to hell? Man, that's tough. But it's real. I'm not, I'm a, preach the truth, shame the devil. If you feel offended, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I got to move on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I got to hang with. I remember. Hello, love. You're looking good. Okay. Um, that's my wife. No, don't tell my girlfriend. But uh, my girlfriend cuts my hair and my wife I live with. So <laughs> They're the same person. Um, I remember when Jen had surgery. And Jen, you've had many surgeries. I mean, we play operation with you sometimes. Um, <laughs> nothing, I'm not making fun of you. It's just what it is. We just got to laugh because we know God's still moving. It doesn't matter. Because we're not going to stop. It won't stop us. I don't care if you cut an arm off. I'm going to worship him with a nub. You're like, I'm going to throw that up too. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get it up. I'm gonna, however it's got to get up, it's getting up. You know, like, I don't care. Cut my mouth out. I'm, <laughs> I don't care. I will worship the Lord, however, until my dead butt is in the grave. <laughs> I remember Jen had surgery and, whoo, man. She was hobbling along on those crutches, and she had that knee surgery and had to do all that stuff, and all this stuff was happening in her life, and, uh, but it didn't stop her. She came to the house of the Lord. I remember she had vocal surgery because there was cancerous cells coming up from this, um, what was it, the reflex was happening, and it was trying to put cancerous cells in her throat. The devil is a liar, was trying to come up in her throat, and so they ripped open the, the the, the skin of the uh, vocal cords and had to remove stuff and lay it down. She could not speak for three to four weeks, one whole month. Six weeks, okay, more than that. Six weeks couldn't speak. She couldn't even, <clears throat> she did that, it would already rip it open. But she came to the house of the Lord every week and she was singing as loud as she could, but you couldn't hear. Her lips were moving, but she had a connection with God. She was worshiping God with nothing was coming out, but it was coming out. She, was, she had more worship happening with no voice than people with a voice. I remember when I broke my finger playing basketball and it was dangling and, and I had a cast on. We just started the church over at the other building. I've, on Friday, I got to put a cast on. This finger got a cast. These, these three were okay. I came into church on Sunday after a, a surgery on, on Friday and I got a pick right here and I'm playing the guitar like this because I'm like, I will not let this fail. I will worship the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm not going to let it fail. I'm not going to not worship the king. I'm coming to the house of the Lord. I've seen people even in here come drag themselves in when they're not feeling well, have busted up with cast on. I'm going to go out there and serve people when we had that food line forever. I'm going to keep doing that. I don't care if I got a broken arm, broken leg. I don't care if I don't feel good. I'm going to put a mask on. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to serve people. You got to be tough when it comes to this world. You got to be tough to face this world. If you got crutches, if you got a wheelchair, if you even got a scooter, you got to roll that thing. I'm going to the house of the Lord today. I'm coming to church today. I'm coming to church today. That's why we, we did what we could for Daniel because, you know, he's busted up in his leg. He's got a robot boot on or whatever he's got going on over here. But, he had a cast on, couldn't, couldn't walk, couldn't put any pressure on it. See, what you guys didn't see, you saw him riding his little scooter up here, but what you didn't see is the moments when he sat down, and, and, and no, I guess nobody was around at the time, he would get off his scooter and put his foot up and go like this, all the way like this, with his foot in the air, until he got to his chair, and he stood up, 
And he would set himself down because I'm coming to the house of the Lord. Busted leg or not, you won't find me at home. You'll find me right here. That happened every week. And we're like, we can help you. But we didn't even know that was happening at the beginning. But it was his determination. We're like, whatever, we'll put something up on your leg. We'll do whatever it takes. But there's got to be a desperation to get to his presence. Oh, I got a headache. I'm going to stay home. Oh, I got, I got, I got a sinus pressure. I better, I better not. I live a sinus pressure. It wins the desperation because if not, you're going to make a bed and then you're going to miss it and then you're going to miss a moment and you're going to miss a movement. See, all the other things. Whew, Jesus. The text is, is teaching us. Oh, I got to get going, huh? Wait, I got till one, right? Oh, Sam. You're going to have a baby. It's amazing. It's going to be fun to watch that. Oh, she is? Cool. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Don't get it twisted. Don't make a bed. She's going to make the bed, and she's going to hand the baby over to you. <laughs> she's going to need it. Yes, two in the morning, Jesus. That's when the Lord speaks. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you right now, what, we, what else we learned in this scripture? Is this good, church? Are you, in, you with me with this? Let it be good, but let it be movement. Like, I'm going to apply this, and we're going to go with this. Because I'm going to live this. I'm going to walk this out. i got to have a new mind. That's why I put that big old sign as you leave. New mind, new you. So you walk out these doors. you got to declare new mind, new me. I'm stepping out into it. It's me. It's new. Here I am. Let's go. What you got, God? What are we going to do today? Another thing the text teaches us is our relationship with obstacles. I'm sweating so bad. Our relationship with obstacles. You are defined by your relationship with obstacles. Hear me on that. Man, God is moving. He's so good. You're defined by the relationship with your obstacles. The four men moved him until they got an obstacle. They moved him across the street. They carried him all the way where they needed to carry him. And too many times we make beds for it, but there came a moment where that bed was, okay, I'm done with the bed. I heard this Jesus guy can heal. I heard this Jesus guy can set free. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the bed. It's time to repent. It's time to, to, to clean up your ways. I, I want to be new. And I want to I walk. I want to walk this out. You know what the real reality is? A lot of times your biggest obstacle is you. Your mind. Because you don't think it could happen or you, 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 you don't think you got enough time or you, I don't know if you got to sow your oats or do what you got to do before you decide to get serious with God, whatever that looks like. But God wants you now. He wants you now. Quit playing, playing games. You know how many people need Jesus? You know how many people are waiting to hear Jesus from you when you can get your stuff going? Or are they going to keep passing you by throwing coins to you? Come on. So these guys... Pick the bed up. Now, you gotta, this dude can't walk, so they're carrying this guy on basically a big old blanket, dragging him, holding him up, taking him, and they get to an obstacle. And here's what the deal is. They're hearing of this Jesus, and God's moving, and they're trying to get to where Jesus is. See, that's what I love about the, what's going on in this whole thing in Kentucky, that, that he's just not in Kentucky. He's right here. He's just not in those, yes, it's nice to go to those things, and I've been to stuff like that, but I'm just telling you, I'm excited about the movement because it is springing up a well and causing people to repent, and it's literally causing people to hunger and seek after God. And they heard he was coming, so they brought him to where Jesus was, but they couldn't get to Jesus. Excuse me. And nobody's moving. Excuse me. Do you not see I'm carrying somebody here? Excuse me. Excuse me. You ever been around rude people? <laughs> uh, don't answer that. Um, but it happens all the time. Nobody wants to move. People are just, excuse, I, and you're not trying to do it on purpose. I'm just trying to get, you can have your place. This, I just need to get somewhere real quick. 
I need to get to Jesus. And there was, there was so much confusion at that moment. For them, they're trying to figure out, okay, I got to get this dude to Jesus. And he, there, there's, there's so many people, uh, they can't even get through the door because the, the door had, you know, it would be like in here. And Jesus is standing in here, and it's packed all the way to the door and packed to the other door. Now they're outside, and like, I can't even get into that door to get into this door. Let alone that door, that door, that door back there, or that door back there. It's packed all the way around, and Jesus is the center of the whole thing. How can I get to Jesus? There's an obstacle. There's an obstacle. And I'll I'll tell you this. There's a door, and if you can't get to it, um, I'll say it like this. This is what uh, separates the men from the boys. How you relate to the obstacle. If you confront an obstacle and you quit, you're still a boy. You might have gray hair, but you're still a boy. If you confront an obstacle and you quit, you're not a woman. You're just a girl. You're just a little girl. You might have grandkids, but you're still a little girl. You're still a little girl if you pick up your toys and go home because you ran into an obstacle. How you relate to obstacles tells me who you are. How you relate to the obstacle tells me who you really are. You can't lead if you run into obstacles and run out of ideas. You run into an obstacle and run out of ideas, you're not a leader. Creativity is born in the face of obstacles. That is why obstacles are there, to teach you to be creative. That is why blessing is not convenient. So you can birth the creativity that lies inside of you. God has not promised you to put you into convenient situations. He never promised you to put you in convenient situations. He says that they that live godly shall suffer persecution. We forget that scripture. You're supposed to have obstacles. How are you going to have faith if you don't have obstacles? That's how you exercise your faith. Is how you confront the obstacle. You don't exercise your faith by clapping your hands and and shouting in church. You exercise your faith when you hit a wall and it says you can't get in here. The devil is a liar. That's how you exercise your faith. You think you exercise it by going, oh, praise the Lord. No, you exercise it when you hit the wall. But too many times people get it twisted. So how you relate to obstacles tells me how quick There will be a change in your life. These four men carried the man to the door and could not get into the door. Now, you got to think of this. These guys are huffing it, trying to get him to Jesus, and then can't get in the door after you've carried him and shifted the weight and done all that you can. But here's what I love. They did not abort the mission because they confronted an obstacle. They didn't. Why? If they didn't, why are you? If they didn't abort a mission, why have you? See, the first thing Jesus said, the first thing Jesus said to Mary and Martha concerning Lazarus, and he came to the tomb, and this is after they're crying and mad and everything's going on. Jesus, if you would have been... And Jesus says this, the first thing he says to them after they're saying, if you would have been here, this and that. He said, show me where you laid him down. Basically, he's saying, show me where you gave up. Who told you to quit just because it got hard? Who told you to quit because there's an obstacle? You'll never win if you allow obstacles to overthrow you. People who overcome things in their life, they didn't overcome things because they didn't have obstacles. Sure, you're going to run into a brick wall trying to get where you're trying to get. That doesn't mean God isn't going to bless you. 
Sure, you're going to run into an obstacle. That doesn't mean God's not going to bless you. It just means God is going to train you why he blesses you. But babe, I'm glad you're shouting on that one because I'm telling you right now, that one right there will set you free. He's going to train you why he blesses you. Train you how? Get up the wall. Thank God for the guys he's running with. Because when they hit the door, they didn't stop working. They started looking for a wall. They looked at that wall and they're like, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. They looked at that wall. Can I say something real quick? Those are the people I want around me. Those are some crazy ninjas. I want those kind of people around me. When they look at something and it's like it's impossible, they're like, hmm, hold up. Hold up. Because they got a different view of it. That's the people I want around me. Hmm. They're going to look at that wall and say, hmm. Because the crazy part in my head, and I'm picturing it in my mind, in my little cartoon I don't got a cartoon head, but, you know, the picture in my head. It's like, okay, there's a wall. There's these guys. There's this stuff going on. How in the heck are they putting this man up on a roof? I mean, I can, it makes sense to, like, okay, understand. what Maybe they, uh, maybe they are, okay, like, let's go find some rope. So they're hustling to get rope because, you know, they have some stuff. They're holding the man up. But maybe they tied the rope to both ends of each side of the blanket, and then they're, they're, they're throwing the rope on the roof. It lands on the roof. Two guys are getting on the roof, grabbing the rope. The other two guys are lifting him up as the other two guys are pulling him up. And then the other two, as they're pulling him up, hurry up, jump on the roof, and try to help lift him up. Is that a lot? Does that seem like a lot? I don't know. Either way, I can tell you one thing. That's a rough ride right there. That is a rough ride right there. But they were determined. I want to have people around me that are like, I don't care what it takes. We're going to find a way. We're going to find a way. We're going to find a way. See, how you confront the obstacles determines how your story is going to end. See, God didn't promise you a convenient miracle. He didn't promise you a convenient marriage. He didn't even promise you a convenient business. He didn't even promise you a convenient kid. He didn't promise you a convenient life. But it's how... How do you get through this life? How do you get... How do you get to have a convenient life If Jesus didn't have a convenient life, how do you think you get to have one? So maybe they, they did what they did. All I know is they're going up the side of this house. Isn't it funny? Church, hear me out. Isn't it funny? The closer you get to your answer, the harder things are. The closer you're getting to your miracle, the harder it gets. And too many times people make a bed for it. And they got bedhead because they give up right on the other side of that wall is Jesus. And you gave up. If I could say anything to you, church, you're right in the home stretch. You're right here. You're right in the home stretch. This is your time. This is not your time to quit. This is your time. Be creative. This is your time to have strategy. This is your time to look up and be like, hmm. Oh, yeah, we're going to get through that. This is your time to go through the obstacles. Because this is your time. That means going back is not an option anymore. Hear me. Going back is not an option. See, hold on, hold on. Sir, I'm going to tell you real fast. I'm going to strap you down. It's going to hurt a little bit. Your leg might be dangling out because you can't feel them anyway, but it's going to hurt a little bit. Your hair's going to get messed up. But when we're finished, we're going to get you on top of this thing. Are you willing to do the hard stuff to get to Jesus? We're not going back home the way we came. My prayer for you when you walk out of these doors today, you're not the same. 
Is there anyone in here that says going back is not an option? Going back is not an option. I refuse to go back to what I used to live. I refuse to go back to that. It's not an option. So they got him to the roof. I love these guys. Did I tell you I love them? I love them. I love these guys. These are some of the guys, for real. These are the ones we need. Those are my kind of people. That's the ones I need in my life. Not only were they creative enough to climb up the wall, they were persistent enough to tear the roof off. Not tear the club up, tear the roof up. See, when God changes your life, you go from tearing the club up to tearing the roof up. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and I'm telling you, God's wanting some people to start tearing the roof off, saying, Jesus, I know you're on the other side of this thing. I'm coming to you. What are we doing? Be persistent. Maybe, the, maybe I should have changed the name of this whole message. Maybe the name of this message should have been, uh, uh, you're running with the wrong people. If you don't have any tear the roof up people in your team, change your team. If you ain't got tear the roof up people in your life that is going to help push you to Jesus, you got the wrong friends. I don't care if you got thousands on social media, who you surround yourself with. Are they tearing the roof off on your behalf? I ain't got time to be running with people that ain't tearing the roof off. I ain't got time sitting around the house letting a miracle pass me by. I got to surround myself with people that are going to tear the roof off of situations. People that are going to get stuff done. People that got crazy, craziest faith in the world. I'll tell you this, church. It's going to be a little messy. But you're going to get a miracle. I'm about to tear something up, but you're going to get a miracle. We're going to move tradition out of the way, but you're going to get a miracle today. I'm going to make some people nervous today, but you're going to get a miracle today. I'm already upset people, and I'm going to continue to upset people, but guess what? You're getting a miracle today. I'm going to disrupt stuff, but you're going to get a miracle today. I'm going to tear it up, but you're going to get a miracle today. Watch this. They tore the roof off, and they started lowering, G lowering this man down to Jesus. Now, mind you, right here in this moment, look, watch. So y'all looked up. Good job. Um, imagine being in this sermon, and we're talking, and this thing just started ripping, and all this stuff, and all this stuff's falling. Like, what the heck's going on? What's happening? Is it leaking? And all of a sudden, somebody comes coming down off, out of the roof. Mission Impossible style. And Jesus in the middle of trying to be polite and give some wisdom, and all of a sudden just goes, what? What the? And it gets real quiet. See, here's the, the biggest kick to the whole thing. The closer... The closer he got to Jesus, the further away he got from his buddies. The closer he got to Jesus, the further away he got from the buddies who tore it up. Listen, we have carried you as far as we can carry you. The rest is between you and Jesus. I told you everything I knew how to tell you. The rest is between you and Jesus. I have taught you all. I know how to teach you. I have prayed for you. I have laid hands on you. I have declared over your life. The rest is between you and Jesus. Come on. See, some of you, this might set you free today. Some of you in this room need to lower people that you've been carrying for a long time down into the presence of the Lord. You need to carry him. Turn it over to Jesus. You did everything you can. You can't live for them. You can't die for them. You can't control them. You might erase them, but turn it over to Jesus and get out of God's way. If not, you're making a bed for their situation 
And you got bedhead because now you're all wrapped up in their situation. And you're trying to control Jesus if you just touch him. Jesus, if you just touch him. Jesus is like, girl, boy, get up out of my way so I can touch him. Jesus, if you if you move out of the way, he's right behind you. If you'll just let me touch him, it's okay. But Lord, you know, he's got this going on. I just want to warn you about this. He's been struggling with this. And I, he takes medicine for this. And she does this. So if you would just please sit down. <laughs> Are you now at a place of being dysfunctional because you want them to get to Jesus so bad you're in their way? Lower them to Jesus and back off. Turn them over to Jesus. Now Jesus says, now you're going to have a relationship with me. I got to end this. Jesus, you're going to have a relationship with me. It did what it was supposed to do. It it, it did what it was supposed to do. You're going to have a relationship with me. Your relationship with them was only to get you to me. It did what it was supposed to do. Please, 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 please stop weeping over who left. Oh, man. They did what they were supposed to do. They provoked you to get to Jesus. See, I'll I'll say it like this. If you you would keep in good company with them, you would not be in company with Jesus. If the man would have stayed in company with them, they would never have been in a place of just being with Jesus himself. If you hear anything, please hear me. Just because the music's set and it's trying to set the tone for you. Stay focused. I don't care what time it is. Some of you are here for a baby reveal. God is trying to reveal something to you. You just didn't realize the baby brought you here today. Even the baby's going to bring you to Jesus. This is what I love about the relationship with Jesus. It's a little messy. It's a little messy. The roof's caved in. You can see daylight. And here comes the man off the roof. And here we go. And here it is. Here it is. Here it is. He comes in, he's laying there, and you know that's bumpy, but boom! Okay, let's drop the rope. If it lands on him or whatever, he's just right there at Jesus' feet. And here's what Jesus does. Hear me, church. Jesus does not deal with the condition. He speaks to the position. Oh, he doesn't deal with the condition of the man. He speaks to his position. He says to him, Son, son, everybody else has named him by his condition. Jesus is the first one to bring up the position of the paralyzed man and calls him son. Dysfunctional and all, you're still my son. Crazy as you are, you're still my son. You need a little Ebonics, crazy as you is. You're still my son. He said, I'm I'm not going to relate to you like the paramedics relate and only respond to your condition. Let me say it again. I'm not going to relate to you like paramedics who only respond to your condition. You and I must have a relationship. Paralyzed and all, angry and all, stubborn and all. Jesus says, I want a relationship with you. He says, I see the stuff you have that doesn't work. I still want a relationship with you. I know you're paralyzed, but I still want a relationship with you. I know the place that's broken, but I still want a relationship with you. I'm not afraid to make you my son in your brokenness. I'm not afraid to... Make you my son with your broken dreams. I'm not afraid of your broken promises. I want you. Your broken career. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Church, that's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the truth. And church folks are afraid to tell it. That he loves us broken. He loved 
us bruised. He is not the God that fixes you up and buys you. Because God already knew he was buying a fixer-upper. You were bought with a price. You might have been broke, but he wants a relationship with you. He calls you son, or he'll call you daughter, but he wants a relationship with you. Anytime God loves broken person, anytime he loves a broken person, guess what happens in the midst of a broken person? There is always critics. The whole story goes without a critic, and then all of a sudden when he says your sins are forgiven to get up, that there's a critic in the room. You see this happening with this revival, and so there's critics everywhere. I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's going on. These kids are crazy. What are they doing? The moment grace shows up, so does criticism. They're over in the corner complaining. Who does he think he is? Saying he's only the son of man. Only God himself can forgive sins. This is what I wanted you to wanted to warn you about with the, the relationship with Capernaum because that statement is the evidence that they're still paralyzed. The people who hate on you are always paralyzed too. Your critics, they're paralyzed. What we are losing today, church in general, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with all kinds of things. We even have a relationship with church. But we're losing the relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you don't have the right relationship with God, you're not going to have the right relationship with life. Not talking about being a perfect person. It's time to move. See, some of you are praising God this morning. Some of you were saying that, but what happened about praising God this week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? You got to tell me that you got to have lights and a sound system and us up here to get you to praise God? See, if the reality of him being your son or daughter, you would get up every morning saying, God, here I am. What do you want to do today? Here I am. I'm going to praise you with or without anything. Here I am. I'm going to keep it simple. I just want you. Nothing else matters. I don't have to have a certain thing to get you. Talking about the relationship. If your relationship with God doesn't change your relationship with the bed, I would question your relationship with God. Can I say that one more time? If your relationship with God doesn't change that relationship with the bed you have, I would question your relationship with God. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. What relationship do you have? And then Jesus is like, look, son, I know what you're all doing up in that corner. Let me go ahead and say, is it easier? Is it easy to say, son, your sins are forgiven and take up your bed and walk? Jesus is saying your relationship with me should change the relationship with your bed. See, the thing that held you that had you stuck, the thing that laid your head down in the bed that swallowed you up in your situation. See, your relationship with me should change the relationship with anger. Your relationship with me should change the relationship with depression. Your relationship with me should change the relationship with that anxiety you're dealing with. Your relationship with me should change everything you're dealing with. If it's not, I would consider thinking, do you truly have it? Because he's great and you got to focus. It's not a one-hit wonder. He's saying you can't have a relationship with me and still be stuck in the same bed. My gosh. I don't know who this is for today. But I'm telling you right now, there's people that have been paralyzed spiritually. This could be your day that he would change it all. But it's your choice to pick up your bed and go. It's your choice to get up and say, I need him. If that's you today, I want to invite you to come forward. Now that might seem a little crazy. But the reality is, Jesus was surrounded by a bunch of people. Have you been paralyzed with certain things in your life that you know I need to pick it up and come?
to Jesus. Hear me real quick. I'm not Jesus, okay? But what you would do is represent by taking the steps of faith, saying, I want to heal. I want to be healed. I need to get up. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you to come forward. Is anybody in the room? Say, no, it's me. I need to come up here. I'm serious. It's okay. Listen, it ain't an odd duck. It ain't a weird thing. Quit making it weird. We're always shouting and wanting free shirts and stuff at games and doing dumb stuff. I just want Jesus. That's all I want. Just line up across the front. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it one more time, but I'm going to ask some people around you to be the friend that maybe carries them to the altar. Won't you look at somebody and say, if you want to go, I'll go with you. I'll take you. Go ahead. Ask them. If you want to go, I'll go with you. If you, if you're, I don't care if it's salvation. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you're dealing with. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Come on, church. Talk to somebody. Who are the friends? Who's going to tear the roof off? If you want to go, I'll go with you. That's all it is. If you want to go, I'll go with you. Don't let it be weird. Just let it be the anointing. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. I need him. Real quick, say that part, Daniel. We're going to transition. And take up your mat and walk, and open your eyes to see. Today is a new day, so come with me. Come on. Take up your man and walk. Just close your eyes. Your Come on, friends. Who's the friends? Who's going to bring them? Come on. Today is a new who's, who's dealing with stuff? Who's made a bed for it? You want to get out of it? Let's go. So take up your man and walk and open your eyes to see. Today is a new day. So come with me. I want 